WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Great to be back with you here on a Tuesday morning at 6 as we bring you our very first look at Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour the Kobe Bryant crash investigation continues. More in one minute. And I'll be talking live with an aviation expert on the very latest on that tragedy. Lots of impeachment news as well, all in hour number one of Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. The helicopter that crashed into a Southern California hillside, killing NBA superstar Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other people on Sunday did not have a black box, but there was an iPad. There isn't requirement to have a black box on this, so there was no CVR, no FDR. Jennifer Holmandy of the National Transportation Safety Board saying the chopper had no cockpit voice recorder or flight deck recorder. Arrests will be made if people try to reach the location of Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash. Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva says his deputies can now charge people with a misdemeanor. Initially, we had an issue with drones over the site, and we had, unfortunately, the paparazzi. Overnight, we had people trying to access the site on foot. The sheriff says deputies are patrolling the steep terrain on horseback and using all-terrain vehicles. He says a no-fly zone is also in effect, so police helicopters don't get interference from other aircraft. In a moment, I'll be talking with uh, aviation expert Jay Ratliff on all of this. Uh, what is next, what we know, what we still have yet to learn. Alan? All right, bud. Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James is remembering Kobe Bryant. In an emotional Instagram post, James said he's heartbroken and devastated. He promised to continue Bryant's legacy. LeBron James recounted how he'd spoken to Bryant Sunday morning, and he didn't think it would be for the last time. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A boy is accused of stabbing his younger sister in Ocala. Nine-year-old Treshawn Joseph was arrested yesterday for attempted first-degree murder. Police say Joseph stabbed the five-year-old girl several times at the Berkeley Point Apartments on Northeast 7th Street. There's no word on the girl's condition or a motive. Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings is talking with Orlando City Commissioners about his plan to raise the sales tax by a penny to pay for transportation upgrades. The former county sheriff, Deming, says his commute time has gotten longer. Back in my younger days when I had blue lights on my car, I could make it in, I could make it in 13 minutes. <laughs> Today is uh, maybe to, to 24 minutes, but some days it's 50 minutes. Demings is still soliciting input from the public. He'll detail his plans to the county commission in the spring. The proposed tax increase could be on the November ballot. Yeah, he was trying to sell it to the Orlando City Council, and uh, we'll be talking about it in the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, I think he needs to pull this and not put it on the ballot in November, and I'll explain why. Strong upper-level winds at Cape Canaveral are to blame for yesterday's SpaceX postponement. Another attempt to launch a Falcon 9 rocket carrying 60 Starlink Internet satellites will be made tomorrow morning at 9.06. Bam Adebayo wrapped up a triple double with 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists as the Heat hammered the Magic 113 to 92 in Miami last night. Orlando head coach Steve Clifford says a slow start did them in. You know, you come on the 
on the road against a really good team and you need to be able to get off to a good start and uh, our starters were you know got badly outplayed to start the game and they got crushed to start the third quarter and to me that was the biggest factor. The Magic have dropped four in a row to fall to 21 and 27 on the season but they're still seventh in the NBA's Eastern Conference so still in contention for a playoff spot. WFLA news time is 6.05. Florida retailers are expected to score a Super Bowl victory. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. A very good morning to you here. Uh, we want to move very quickly because we have been able to secure an interview with aviation expert Jay Ratliff in the aftermath of the, of the tragic helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and uh, seven others. So we'll get to that live here in a moment. And, Alan, let me send it right back to you. We want to put a grand in your hand. Our texting contest continues in moments as we announce the latest keyword of the hour. Text that keyword to 200-200. You could win $1,000. Remember, you might get a call from area code 513. Answer it because it could be us telling you that you're a winner. Listen every hour for the keyword and your chance to win $1,000 as we put a grand in your hand. 606 on Good Morning Orlando, an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic just two minutes away. Headlines and more on this in our second half hour here, beginning at about 6.40. The, um, the Senate impeachment trial of President Trump continues and picks back up at 1 p.m. today. Uh, final day of arguments by the Republicans, followed by questions from the senators to be filtered through uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, John Roberts. During a lengthy session on Monday, Trump attorney Ken Starr from the old Clinton impeachment more than 20 years ago said the U.S. is now living in the age of impeachment. Starr suggesting that the standard for impeachment has changed. He calls it increasingly destructive. He said House Democrats repeatedly and unfairly called for Trump's impeachment long before the deed was done. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories here on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Buttheading around Inspector Mike Yaffe and Melissa Fox. You always have to have a plan B in this business, and sometimes that isn't enough. Aviation expert Jay Ratliff was scheduled to be on with us a few moments ago, live with the very latest, and he is a noted expert in the field, a Fox News contributor. He services iHeart stations all across the country with expertise when needed in the field of aviation, scheduled um, to be on here at 6.07. We're now five minutes downstream from that, and we've been unable to make the connection despite trying every number that we have. Our thanks to our colleague Tom Benson, who produces Yaffe's show, PM Orlando, for the ride home for for scheduling this for us this morning. There's been some kind of an uh, inexplicable disconnect, yeah. and we will try and uh, and make the connection with Jay Ratliff. Failing that, we hope to be able to play back for you the interview, Yaffe, that you were able to do and got scheduled right. late in the day on PM Orlando. At least folks will have something at that point if we can do it. Yeah, I did, I did interview him yesterday afternoon around uh, – 
5.45 is when we played the interview and had a lot of interesting things to say. So I'm going to grab that audio and we'll see if we can play it in a little bit. Okay. In the meantime. Do you remember what I talked to you earlier about this morning with regards to Kobe? Yes, I do. I sent you a link about that. Um, people are talking about changing out the Jerry West NBA emblem and making it Kobe. Since 1971, the great Laker Jerry West, um, who's one of the greatest players in history from the earlier days of the NBA, it has been a kind of a, a silhouette in white of him driving, dribbling the basketball, and that has become the NBA logo. Now there's a huge petition online and a movement to try and get that changed and have the new NBA logo be an action shot of the late Kobe Bryant. And that's going to be interesting to see whether or not the NBA does that. You know, in the emotion of this horrible tragedy, I could see where they could very, very definitely get some momentum to do that. Um, I, I wonder how well it would play. I wonder also, to be honest with you, if you can you picture the NBA in red, white, and blue? The silhouette of Jerry West, who was white, is white. Would they reverse the colors on this and have the white become black? Because, of course, Kobe Bryant was black. I wonder if this will actually happen. What do you think the chances are? Any thoughts? Yeah, that's a very good one. Now, I've seen um, various logo you know, presentations that people are putting together. There are some in color with him in the Lakers uniform. That's not going to fly. But you're right. The color issue, I didn't even think of it when I brought it to you initially. You said, well, Jerry West was white. I think it would be a natural. It's, you know, it's, it's a league far more dominated by, by black players than it was when the logo came out with Jerry West back in, in 1971. They've been running with it now for almost 50 years. But there is so much more um, of, of, of greater concern in the wake of this terrible tragedy. And I was hoping to speak with Jay Ratliff, our um, iHeart and Fox News aviation expert. We've been unable to make the live connection for reasons we don't know. We're trying to retrieve Yaffe's interview with him so folks have something in case they missed it on PM Orlando uh, for the ride home to answer as many questions as can be answered. Still, uh, of course, Alan, a lot we don't know. A lot of questions about uh, the weather conditions because it was very foggy. And in fact, uh, Police helicopters were grounded at this time, yet the pilot of this chopper, which was leased by Kobe Bryant, uh, was allowed to fly. So questions there. Uh, you may have heard in my 6 o'clock news the um, NTSB spokesperson saying there's no black box on the helicopter. There is an iPad, which may provide some clues. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to know from Jay, and I hope we can get an answer on this along the way, who actually gets the call on that when there is a request you know, to fly in visual rules, which is a little more streamlined, apparently, to get from point A to point V. If you go on instruments, you know, then you have all of this technology to help you see what you cannot see in the middle of um, a very thick fog. They said it was so thick, the fog, people who live in that area said it would be like diving into a pool full of milk and opening your eyes. What would you see? And the answer is nothing. And um, and and I, and I just wonder whether... Um, you know, how that is, I would think air traffic control would get the call, not the pilot. But I was watching NBC News last night. They talked to a pilot who had uh, flown this particular helicopter in the past. He said the final word is up to the pilot. 
Boy, I tell you, um, and I know he's trying to get Kobe and everybody to this basketball tournament or whatever it was, and uh, um, it's amazing to me that, that, that the pilot would get to overrule air traffic control on something like that. It's amazing to me that they were green-lighted to fly at all when uh, L.A. police grounded all of their choppers, which is a rare event out there. And, um, boy, there were so many, so many questions that need to be answered. Did, did um, the pilot, who was an experienced pilot, highly regarded from what I'm reading, um, did he get disoriented? In a way you may recall, uh, they say that uh, John F. Kennedy Jr., um, did when his small plane crashed that yeah. he was he had terrible visibility and he didn't really know exactly where he was got disoriented could that have been a factor here be interesting to get Jay Ratliff's take on that where do you stand on retrieving your interview with him from yesterday I, I have it ready to go so in the next segment if you want to play the full interview we can do that how about we do that and right. um, we'll regroup here in a moment we're doing the best we can for you because you're the reason we're here on the fifty thousand watt front porch. Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Unable to bring you a live interview with our aviation expert, here is Yaffe's interview with Jay Ratliff from last night's PM Orlando on the Kobe Bryant crash. Joining us right now is aviation expert Jay Ratliff, author of the iHeart Aviation blog. And Mr. Ratliff, thank you so much for coming on PM Orlando today. It's uh, my pleasure. So at this early stage, there are far more questions than answers, obviously, but there are some details which we do know. Um, can you tell us what we know so far about this crash? Well, we have some independent data that uh, reflects the, the fact that the aircraft was descending at a rate of at the rate of four thousand feet uh, per minute, and that at the point of impact, it, it appears as though. It was traveling at a speed at at or just beyond 185 miles an hour. The debris field that we're looking at that covers a football field uh, suggests that the, the impact was at that speed. So as a result, uh, they're, they're going to be looking at a lot of different things. Uh, of course, people are saying it because of the fog. That might have been the situation. It was all pilot air. Well, it may have been the case. Uh, but there may have been a mechanical situation with the aircraft as well that the pilot was fighting with. Uh, at the time of the crash, a uh, pilot could have had a heart attack, a stroke, some other medical condition might have might have taken place that rendered him uh, uh, incapable of flying the aircraft. Uh, so this is one of the many things that the team at the National Transportation Safety Board is going to be looking at as they move forward. And one thing that we know is there was an absence of a distress call from the pilot. Some are find that some would find that pretty troubling. What do you make of it? Uh, I, I think it's uh, it's a non-issue. Uh, in fact, I probably would have been more surprised had there been a distress call. And by that, I mean, if you and I are flying a, a commercial airliner and we're in the midst of an emergency where you and I have to get this airplane on the ground and we are battling like crazy to keep it in the sky, the last thing you or I are going to do is to stop and, and let the passengers know what's going on. We're not even going to brief the flight attendants if, if we – are unable to do so. We're certainly not going to call air traffic control. Uh, we are going to do what we can to keep that airplane, especially if we're in the last few precious seconds uh, of doing what we can to keep that aircraft uh, airborne. Uh, pilots are taught to, to navigate first, communicate last. So the idea of taking time away from what you're doing to communicate anything to anyone is uh, really not a use of, of, your, of your precious time that, that you have left. 
and I receive emails from people as I've been doing this for 30 years now, almost uh, 29 to 30 years, and people will send me emails saying, Jay, I was on this particular flight you were talking about where we had an accident or near accident, and I was very offended, bothered, troubled that the pilot did not let us know what was going on. I mean, we were left completely in the dark, and can you imagine how that made us feel? And I said, well, I, I get that. I understand that completely, but recognize that you as the passenger want your pilot or pilots to spend every second that they can trying to solve the problem that they have before them, not being distracted by stopping and calling a flight attendant or making an announcement uh, to you on board the plane. You want their entire attention on the problem at hand. And uh, the pilot of this helicopter uh, spent his time uh, you know, at the controls. Uh, maybe he didn't know what was happening to the last minute. Maybe he did. But the idea of uh, not getting a distress call of any kind, to me, uh, it is not something that is is uh, entirely surprising, given the fact that uh, he might have been fighting to, to try to keep that aircraft in, in the sky. What does your gut tell you? Do you have a personal theory? Uh, I, I've been around enough of these over the years to know that uh, anything that might be an early suspicion is probably wrong. Uh, so I really try to avoid you know, coming forth with anything because, A, I'm not involved in the investigation, and, B, I don't have access to the things that you need to, and, C, the experts that are doing this are not even going to go that route because they're simply going to let the evidence that they have direct the course of their investigation. They are not going to be making, uh, you know, saying, well, this is obviously a fog situation, a weather-related event, and then look at the evidence as it points in that direction. Not at all. They're going to allow the evidence at hand to dictate the course of the investigation as they should. And the reason that we are enjoying the safest era that we've ever had of commercial jet travel, because, look, we've got to go back to February of 2009, the last time that we had a, a jet that uh, crashed in um, the Colgan Air crash in Buffalo, New York, uh, we had 50 people that were killed in that one, and we've not had a loss of an aircraft since then. And the reason for that is because we have an incredibly safe aviation industry, and that's made possible by a lot of things, the pilots, the mechanics, the training, but also by the NTSB. Every accident or near accident, they investigate. It takes eight months, nine months, ten months a year, sometimes longer, and they give the Federal Aviation Administration a list of recommendations. Here's how you can make aviation safer by implementing the next eight or ten things on this list. They'll, they'll give their findings on what they have as far as a probable cause of this accident, and they will also give a list of recommendations, things they've learned through the process that can make uh, you know, travel even safer. That's from a commercial standpoint, or in this case, from a general aviation private standpoint. Um, and again, uh, the, it, that's all because of the time it takes to do one of these investigations in a thorough fashion. So do we have any idea how long an investigation like this would take? It's going to be at least 8 to 10 months. It may be longer. It could be slightly shorter. But for people that are looking for answers in a number of weeks or a few months, that's not going to be the case because that's not the way the National Transportation Safety Board uh, operates. Now, they may give us updates from time to time saying this is the leading theory. Uh, but for them to give a conclusive answer, no, it's going to take some time. And we want it to because we want to honor the lives of those that were lost by making sure the investigation is thorough, not rush because of who may or may not have been on board that airplane. We honor their lives by finding out what happened and then doing everything we can humanly possible uh, to make changes to reduce the likelihood of anything like this ever happening again. Aviation expert Jay Radcliffe, author of the iHeart Aviation blog, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today, Jay. 
hey, next time, hopefully a much happier topic. So, but anytime. All right, that was on uh, PM Orlando with Yaffe last night, and um, that's the best we could do for you, and we really appreciate Yaffe finding that for us. Uh, we were unable, for reasons we don't understand, to make a live connection with Jay Ratliff for a further update. One of our texters, Alan, notes, um, a good question is, you know, why in those conditions with such horrible visibility was the pilot flying 180 miles an hour in the fog? Certainly that's one thing that I want to know, and a lot of other folks do as well, in the wake of this horrible tragedy. Uh, the clock's hit 6.30. Alan, let me turn it over to you for a news update. The Trump team continues presenting its defense in the impeachment trial today, and the governor says Florida is on the alert for the coronavirus. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together, in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando, it is 6.30. As we'll be discussing shortly, the impeachment trial of President Trump continues, and Alan has the latest for you. It resumes this afternoon. Now, yesterday, Trump lawyer and former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi said the president had every reason to be concerned about the Bidens, Burisma, and corruption in Ukraine. The appointment of the vice president's son to a Ukrainian oil board looks nepotistic at best, nefarious at worst. Bondi said Burisma had a long history of corruption. Joe Biden's son Hunter was a member of Burisma's board of directors. Bondi said there was an appearance of conflict of interest considering the senior Biden's position as vice president of the United States. I thought she was impressive. We'll have more from Pam Bondi a little later in this half hour, Alan. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Sandy Hook conspiracy theorist is under arrest in Lake County. Wolfgang Halbig allegedly posted online the social security number of Leonard Posner, whose son died in the 2012 mass shooting at the Connecticut Elementary School. Halbig claims the shooting was a hoax perpetrated by the government to restrict gun rights. Governor Ron DeSantis says his health department is being vigilant, looking for possible cases of the coronavirus from China. We don't have any positive tests yet, but obviously the more people that are coming from different areas, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't know where the, all the Super Bowl people are coming, but that's something that, that, um, that we want to look out for. The governor says several Floridians have come forward to say they were in parts of China where the virus is spreading. He says all of those people have been tested and are not infected. DeSantis says the state is working closely with federal agencies to monitor any possible outbreak. Florida gas prices are at their lowest level so far this year. AAA reports the statewide average dropped eight cents over the past week to 2.43 a gallon and should slip even lower in the coming days. The average in Metro Orlando is 2.36 a gallon, down 11 cents from a week ago. If you're paying that, you're paying too much. Gas bought update drove in this morning. Prices from 2.29 down to 2.19 a gallon. Alan, thank you, Gas Bud. The San Francisco 49ers are feeling confident as they gear up for Super Bowl 54. Players and coaches took part in Super Bowl opening night last night at Marlins Park. Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo says bringing home a long-awaited sixth Super Bowl title to San Francisco would be amazing. You know, to get six of them as a franchise is just incredible. So anything we could do to help the organization and, you know, just move forward. Uh, you know, I'm proud of this team and everything we've accomplished so far. San Francisco last won the Super Bowl when they beat the Chargers in January 1995, also in Miami. The Kansas City Chiefs' last championship came 50 years ago when they defeated the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl IV. WFLA News time is 6.36. You don't have to miss any part of Good Morning Orlando. Get caught up with our podcasts on the iHeartRadio app.
Local headlines now. UCF is firing the director of the Institute for Simulation and Training and two faculty members. This following a lengthy bribery investigation. The university says that Dr. Randy Shoemaker and two professors were involved in helping a student obtain a doctoral degree in exchange for grant funding and with inappropriate assistance from faculty, advisors, and others. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories for you on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. News Radio WFLA Orlando. And still on AM 540. So how big a deal is this story that Democrats are calling a bombshell concerning what the New York Times is reporting on former Trump National Security Advisor John Bolton that he will reveal in his new book. They're already taking advanced sales on Amazon. It's not supposed to come out until March, uh, till March but um, it's entitled The Room Where It Happened, his new book, The Claim Made According to the New York Times. This is secondhand stuff, okay? We haven't seen the manuscript. Neither has the president, by the way. Uh, according to the Times, Trump told Bolton that he sought to withhold aid to Ukraine because he wanted investigations into his political rivals. And yesterday, the Trump haters on MSNBC and CNN went wild on the bombshell, quote-unquote. Bombshell revelations from former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Explosive new details. Bolton bombshell Oof. has just absolutely shaken Washington. A seismic shock. Hit Capitol Hill like a thunderbolt. Republican senators reportedly are feeling blindsided by this. Could change the course of President Trump's impeachment trial. I think this is a game changer. Well, it certainly changes the landscape on the issue of whether or not there will be witnesses in the trial. I can tell you that a top member of the GOP leadership team in the Senate uh, says there will be a vote this Friday on whether or not to call witnesses. Forty-seven Democrats are going to go for that for sure. I have no doubt they would need four Republicans to go with them and call for witnesses to get to a 51-vote um, a majority. Okay, you got Romney. You got Collins, looks like they're two. Murkowski out of Alaska, maybe three. The fourth, we don't know. This whole thing hangs in the balance. But, you know, I'm not sure it's nearly the bombshell the Democrats were, were crowing about and the, and the anti-Trump media machine. They're all Democrats. Um, here is Alan Dershowitz, who is a Democrat, and he spoke in the primetime slot for the Republicans against the conviction and removal of President Trump. Here's Dershowitz at the trial making the case last night against impeachment, conviction, and removal of the president. If a president, any president, were to have done what the Times reported about the contact of the Bolton manuscript, that would not constitute an impeachable offense. Let me repeat, nothing in the Bolton Revelations, even if true, would rise to the level of an abuse of power or an impeachable offense. Now, what does Bolton's good friend and former chief of staff when he was National Security Advisor think about this claim through the New York Times in the Bolton book? This is fascinating stuff. And more from our Pam Bondi, who was speaking yesterday as well, after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. 
Headlines on the impeachment trial front now. Utah Senator Mitt Romney, no fan of the president, of course, says it is increasingly likely that some Republican senators, including him, will want former National Security Advisor John Bolton to testify at the impeachment trial. That statement coming after the New York Times, as we just discussed, reported Bolton wrote in a new book that President Trump withheld military aid to Ukraine for announcements of investigations into Democrats. South Carolina Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham says if Bolton testifies, then it is important that President Trump also be allowed to call witnesses. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here on Good Morning Orlando. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. Republicans, if that happens, will demand Hunter Biden for openers. Maybe Joe Biden along with him. Maybe the whistleblower thereafter. And if we get witnesses going and we get lawsuits flying, this impeachment proceeding that should end this weekend could possibly go on for months. I frankly don't think either side wants that. The Democrats want to get on with the campaign. Three of their senators are running for president. They're trapped in Washington for the impeachment trial. And the Republicans want the president cleared so he can get on with getting re-elected. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But back to the sound cuts we have. I'm with Laura Ingram on Fox last night at 10. Here is Fred Flights, Bolton's friend and chief of staff to the former national security advisor when he served the president on why Bolton should postpone publication of that new book. We want the president to consult the best possible advisors and know that whatever he discusses with them isn't going to appear in the press or in books. So the best thing here would be Ambassador Bolton to pull this book until Mr. Trump leaves office or at least until after the election in November. Now, does Fleiss think that Bolton leaked to the New York Times? Listen. I take Ambassador Bolton and his team at their word that they didn't leak it. But look, sending something so sensitive to the White House during an impeachment hearing and all the bureaucrats that would review it. I'm afraid it was an invitation for a leak. There's a report now that there were many paper copies made in the National Security Council. (laughs) If that's true, heads should roll in the NSC. Which is, uh, it's a sieve. It leaks like a sieve. You got a lot of anti-Trumpers, deep stater, lifetime bureaucrats in there, and they, most of them, don't like Trump and would love to do what they can to hurt him and get him convicted and removed in a Senate vote, which ain't happening. By the way, Pam Bondi here, former Florida Attorney General, now a member of Trump's defense team at the Senate trial, made it very clear that if the Democrats are going after testimony from John Bolton, the Republicans want Hunter Biden on the witness stand, and she explains why. Here's what happened very shortly after Vice President Biden was made U.S. point man for Ukraine. His son, Hunter Biden, ends up on the board of Burisma, working for and paid by the oligarch Zolchevsky. Every witness who was asked about Hunter Biden's involvement with Burisma agreed there was a potential appearance of a conflict of interest. ABC, Good Morning America, The Washington Post, The New York Times, Ukrainian law enforcement, and the Obama State Department itself. They all thought there was cause to raise the issue about the Bidens and Burisma. 
I thought Pam Bondi did a great, great job last night, along with Alan Dershowitz. Um, you know, I mean, come on. Just because they are uh, uh, Trump's political rivals, Joe Biden I'm talking about here, and then his son, uh, Hunter, who was up to his neck in corruption over in, uh, uh, in, in, in Ukraine, and his old man when he was vice president set the stage for this, as Pam Bondi explained. I mean, you know, just because they are... Um, you know, he's a political rival doesn't mean he gets a pass on on corruption over there. The kind of corruption that President Trump said he was he really wanted to get a handle on and root out before they just, you know, wrote big blank checks in foreign aid to that country. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think Pam Bonney made a good point. Uh, Rudy, a few weeks ago, said, you know, what if what if Biden was over there and he murdered someone? Would we not be allowed to investigate it because, well, he's Trump's political rival? Of course not. It's the same thing here. If there's corruption there and there's an, a legitimate concern, which Pam Bonney made the case that there is, then Trump did nothing wrong. I don't see this as a big bombshell. I'm not sure that, that Bolton really throws Trump fully under the bus in this new book either. I think he hates the Democrats more than whatever problem he has with Trump on how they didn't part on good terms. I, I'm sorry. I can't see him trying to destroy a Republican president when he hates the left. He hates the left. He's just mad because he didn't get to start any wars. But is he mad? At, oh, I don't, come on. Now, come on. <laughs> oh, that's what Trump said. He always wants to start a war. No, he was kind of kidding when he said that. A little that. bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. As for Pam Bondi yesterday, I thought she made a very thorough um, presentation, broke it down real clearly, and spoke so plainly. It was like she was presenting to a kindergarten class. I mean, she schooled America. I thought she was great. You know, even CNN's Jeffrey Tubin admitted that Pam Bodney was great last night. Yeah, yeah, he's their, their legal eagle over mm-hmm, there. And he yeah. doesn't like Trump and thinks Trump should be removed from office. So I agree 100%. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando. WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando. W226BT Orlando and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Terrific to have you with us on a Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock as we update once again Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, the latest on the Kobe Bryant crash investigation. We'll have it for you in one minute. Orange County's Mayor Jerry Demings outselling his sales tax hike. Are you buying? We're talking next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. The National Transportation Safety Board continues to investigate the helicopter crash in Southern California on Sunday that killed NBA superstar Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others. Bill Malusian is with Fox 11 TV in Los Angeles. It sounds like they certainly believe that weather was a very significant factor in this crash, so much so that they're now putting out a message to the public asking anybody out there who has photos or videos from this area showing how foggy it was to please send it to them to help them with their investigation. And regarding the crash, they're telling us it was absolutely devastating, little chance for survival, if any at all. The debris field 500 to 600 feet wide. Drones, paparazzi, and members of the public on foot were causing problems around the crash site, but Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva says things are now under control. We uh, were able to basically uh, shoo everybody away. We established a perimeter, and now we have it on horseback and ATV, and we're going to maintain that presence 24-7 until the entire area is done. 
Villanueva says his deputies now have the power to arrest trespassers. Justin Timberlake is among the celebrities grieving over the loss of Kobe Bryant. According to the singer's Instagram post, Bryant and Timberlake met as teenagers, and their last conversation was about how much being a father meant to them both. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A woman is facing charges after refusing to pull over for police in DeLand. Officers were trying to pull over Sarah Yerman yesterday, but she took off toward Daytona Beach. After making a U-turn, her van went off International Speedway Boulevard and rolled over. Deputies and police pulled the 38-year-old from the van and arrested her, but there's no word on why they were trying to pull her over in the first place. The mayor of Orange County is trying to convince Orlando city commissioners to get on board with his proposal to raise the sales tax to pay for transportation improvements. Jerry Deming says more money will be needed once state support of SunRail goes away next year. And I believe that uh, we will likely have to have a conversation about whether uh, it um, would be appropriate to consolidate SunRail with links. The extra money would improve roads, public transit, and pedestrian safety. The proposed sales tax increase could be on this November's ballot. Yeah, and we're talking about it right here after the news, Alan. A sighting off Florida's east coast has marine biologists excited. Two endangered North Atlantic right whales and their babies were seen yesterday off Daytona Beach and Flagler Beach. Experts believe there are only about 400 North Atlantic right whales still in existence. The Heat are winners of the latest battle of Florida's NBA teams. At Miami, they cruised to a 113-92 victory over Orlando. The Magic only trailed by six at halftime, but forward Aaron Gordon says they fell apart after that. I thought defensively we just um, we let go of the rope. And I um, thought we, were, uh, we weren't playing smart enough, um, and we just got out-competed tonight. The Magic losing streak reaches four. They're off until Saturday night when they host the Heat at the Amway Center. WFLA News time is 7.06. Florida's Python Bowl winner says the big snakes are wiping out all of our native mammals. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. Good morning, Orlando. The Budman, glad to be back with you along with Alan and Yaffe and Melissa, a.k.a. The Fox, until 9 o'clock. Grabbed the day yesterday so I could enjoy, without having to worry about uh, show prep, uh, the Pro Bowl. Went with my son and my son-in-law, nosebleed seats, and it was really great. We had a lot of fun. The game's kind of a joke, but I'll tell you the moment that I will never forget is when the announcement was made that Kobe Bryant had been killed in that crash. It was like almost everyone knew it. This was a little later in the game because they all have phones, so there was no collective groan. But then there was this spontaneous chant of Kobe, Kobe, hmm. that swept around the stadium, and it was... Um, it was quite a moment. It really yeah. was 54,000 people. Yeah, you the, know. the Pro Bowl uh, was certainly overshadowed by the news of Kobe Bryant's death Sunday afternoon. No question about it. We are talking about this sales tax hike, uh, an extra penny from 6.5% to 7.5% on everything you buy in Orange County, whether you live here or just come in here and shop or visit and whatever. 
Um, and Jerry Demings, the mayor, is trying to sell this turkey, and he sold it easily to the Orlando City Council and Mayor Dyer. They all love it because they want a piece of the action, but he's not going to be able to sell me, and I don't want to see this thing on the ballot, and I think if it is on the ballot that it will go down to defeat. I'll tell you um, a little more in a moment, and we'll, we'll take your calls on where you are on a one-cent sales tax hike for Orange County. The mayor is trying to sell it, are you buying? 407-916-5400. Toll-free, 866-916-5400. And our toll-free, I just gave you. Our text line, I did not. Here it is, 23680, first name in town. Welcome, Alan. Speaking of pennies, bud, we want to put 100,000 pennies in your hand. That totals a grand, $1,000. Our texting contest continues in moments. Listen for the keyword of the hour. And text that keyword to 200, 200 and you could be the winner of $1,000. Watch for a call from area code 513. That could be us telling you that you've won. Listen every hour all day long for the keyword and your chance to win a grand as we attempt to put that grand in your hand. 709 on Good Morning Orlando. We'll update Orlando's... Headlines now, and this from Marion County, where a boy is accused of stabbing his younger sister in Ocala. Nine-year-old Treshawn Joseph was arrested yesterday for attempted first-degree murder, age nine. Police say Joseph stabbed the five-year-old girl several times at the Berkeley Point Apartments on Northeast 7th Street in Ocala. No word yet on the girl's condition or a possible motive. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. We do it for you on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. We've been talking about it. If Orlando Mayor Jerry Demings gets his way, there will be a sales tax hike measure on the November ballot for your consideration. If you're a voter in Orange County, it will affect everybody who does any business with Orange County, if it passes the 6.5% sales tax in Orange County, which we have now, will go to 7.5%. It is a full penny hike, primarily for transportation issues, infrastructure of that kind. Now listen, um, I'm not buying. This is a rich county flush with cash. It's got tourist money coming in that, you know, that, that, that other counties that just don't have the way Orange County has it, they've got a $4 billion budget. <laughs> this, is, this is what you do when you govern. You take a situation like this and you reprioritize your spending and make do with the money you have when you're a county flush with cash like Orange County. You don't just immediately decide we need more money and we're going to get it and we are going to balance the books on the back of the taxpayers. That's not good governance. That's typical, though, of Democrats. I mean, it's not exclusive to Democrats. Rich Crotty tried to get a transportation tax hike uh, through here in his Mobility 2020 plan when he was Orange County mayor um, in my first year on the air at WFLA, and we did a lot to campaign against it and shoot it down, and it went down in flames. I think Jerry Demings needs to pull this and not put it on the ballot because I think it will go down to defeat. 
I think a lot of people will vote against this and tell the mayor what I am telling him right now, that, hey, you got plenty of money to work with. Move some money around, for God's sake. I could see this coming with SunRail, and I told you that as soon as the rail system plan was formulated, that when the operating costs went from the state, who handles it now and writes the checks, to all of the counties and the city of Orlando along the Sun Rail route, there were going to be tax hikes. In his inaugural address, I remember it very clearly, the first indication from Jerry Demings that he was going to be looking for more money for Sun Rail and Lynx, the bus system here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Work with the money you have and move it around. No sales tax hike. What do you think? How would you vote if this turkey wound up in the November ballot and you were an Orange County voter? Would you say, yeah, Jerry, I understand we need all of this money, and uh, I'm just happy to fork over a penny extra on every single dollar I spend. Really? I can't imagine there are going to be too many votes, and I think for that, and I think it will go down. 407-916-5400 if it winds up in the ballot, but I would recommend that Jerry Demings pull it off the ballot here because if this thing goes down to defeat, this thing goes down to defeat. It'll be another 20 years before they're going to get to pitch a tax hike. Maybe that's what should happen. But if I'm Jerry Demings, I would at some point say, you know, I need to pull out here. He'd hit, I need to pull this. We need to not put this on the ballot. I mean, you know, he's probably really giddy this morning because he sold it to the Orlando City Council because they, they're excited about the cut up they would get. Uh, and, and the City Council and Mayor Dyer is a big fan of this thing because they're all big spenders, okay? They're all big spenders. They're almost all Democrats, and they're all big spenders. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I think this is a bad idea and we will campaign aggressively against it because, well, for the reasons I cited. Oh, by the way, Jerry Demings was asked, and this is reported in the Orlando Sentinel, Yaffe, you want to laugh? How long would that sales tax hike, if it passes, stay on, uh, stay in effect? Oh, he thought maybe between 10 and 30 years. Oh, geez. Really? That'll <laughs> never come off. Name me come one on. sales tax increase that has been repealed in Central Florida of any significance at all, ever. It's too bad we don't have video of this, because I would want to see if he kept a straight face while I answering that question. I can't imagine. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this sales tax hike? The mayor's been pitching it. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. What say you? 407-916-5400, toll-free, 866-916-5400, and the text line, first name in town, always welcome. Let us know what you think at 23680. As we roll on with an update now on Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Headlines out of Central Florida right now. Polk County Superintendent of Schools could be the center of attention at today's school board meeting. Members of the teachers union are expected to call for the removal of Superintendent Jacqueline Bird. Polk Education Association members are upset because of an email that Bird forwarded that they believe threatened to fire everyone who showed up at an education rally in Tallahassee earlier this month. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories for you. Count on it on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Texters, I'll get to you on the one-cent sales tax for Orange County being pitched by Mayor Jerry Demings, but we like to give our callers priority so you don't have to hang on the phone forever, particularly if you're on the road. Zeke, good morning. You're on with the Bud Man and Company from Orlando. What about it? What about the sales tax hike Jerry Demings wants? 
Good morning, bud. And no, we do not need a, another penny sales tax. One reason, it'll never come off. And two, I knew years ago, Sunrail was a bad idea. The big ideology, public transportation, is something to make the Democrats feel good. And nobody rides them. You ever look at those trains? They can't be self-supportive. And then they want taxpayers to kick in the balance. But, you know, you, you're not riding no train to Tampa or Miami. And then what you going to do? You- oh, to the text line right now. What's coming in on the sales tax like in Orange County? Well, there's a few things. Steve from Claremont checked in. He said the state takes in millions every day on the toll road system, yet the tollways and highways are crumbling to pieces. Where's all the money going? That's a good question. It is. Now, here's someone out of Seminole County. He says, maybe it's because I live in Seminole County. I can be a little smug. We all do. But it's definitely. Wait a minute. We're not all smug in Seminole County. Yeah, we are. I live in Seminole <laughs> County. Exactly. I'm a man see, of the people. Wait. I'm not an elitist. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. Dang. Oh, smug Seminole County. This person continues by saying, it definitely seems Seminole County manages its money better than other counties in Central Florida. Uh, Devings is just leaning into this because he knows Disney, the attractions are in OC, and the penny will come out of a lot more pockets than just the ones who live there. By the way, up in Seminole County, you're along the Sunrail route. Get ready. They're going to be pitching some kind of tax hike there along with the other counties in yeah, the city of Orlando. we don't care in Seminole County because we just have all the money in the world. <laughs> no. We're so smug. Yeah, sure, another t- <laughs> penny. We'll pay you, yeah. no problem. Annie in Orlando said no, no, a thousand times no, all in capital letters, so she means it. How about the texture right underneath that? Yeah, this is what happens when you elect a spending liberal into office. Let's make this clown a one-term mayor. The person said elections have consequences. You elect a lefty, you get lefty ideology. No tears from Brevard. There's another one. No, I would never vote for a tax hike. What is wrong with the Democrats? They solve everything with higher taxes. They're not creative in moving money around or readjusting the budget. Whenever there's a problem, the only thing they say is, we need to raise taxes. You know, I just like to say, as a resident of Seminole County, no, really? I'm better than the rest of you. I knew it. We're all residents of Seminole County, so Seminole oh, County wow. rules. What? <laughs> oh, you elitist! Everyone yeah. else drools. Yes. Yeah, so what are they? What, what are they doing down there at Orange County? I Adam? don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I never trek down that no. way. Honest. Yes, yes. How much of an uphill climb do you think this sales tax has if, if Demings gets it on the ballot in November? I think it's. A tough sell. Oh, yeah. Anytime you're talking about people <laughs> giving you more money, that's a tough sell. Out of their own pockets. Right. Yeah. This is a bad idea. Of you... course, in Seminole County, we never know. <laughs> the riffraff, because they don't want to pay more. <laughs> this is nuts. We're losing our minds early in the week. Normally, we come unglued, you know, like Thursday or Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get an early start, huh? I think we're folding under pressure. Too much impeachment, which, by the way, we'll be talking about here in a moment with the ongoing Senate trial. But we'd like more of your reaction to the sales tax. We will be taking your calls and text messages along with um, the whole Bolton, quote unquote, bombshell uh, the Democrats think they have in the impeachment trial uh, in our next half hour. And I'm Bud Hedinger. That's Alan Spector. Hey. In the control room, that's Mike Yaffe, and alongside Mike Yaffe, you'll find Melissa Fox. Right now, it's news time. Alan, what you got? The Senate impeachment trial of President Trump 
picks back up this afternoon. During a lengthy session yesterday, Trump attorney Alan Dershowitz said the House articles of impeachment against the president do not meet the constitutional standard of high crimes and misdemeanors. I stand against the application and misapplication of the constitutional criteria in every case and against any president without regard to whether I support his or her parties or policies. Dershowitz said abuse of power and obstruction of Congress are vague and open-ended concepts. He argued that House Democrats did not prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. Dershowitz noted that he voted for Hillary Clinton and would be making the same arguments if the House impeached her on similar grounds. And he was powerful. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. New problems for UCF. Following a lengthy bribery investigation, the university announcing it is firing the director of the Institute for Simulation and Training and two faculty members. UCF says that Dr. Randy Shoemaker and two UCF professors were involved in helping a student obtain a doctoral degree in exchange for grant funding and with inappropriate assistance from faculty advisors and others. The state of Florida is trying to stay ahead of a potential outbreak that has already killed dozens of people in China. There are no confirmed cases of the coronavirus in Florida. And Governor Ron DeSantis says some Floridians who were recently in China stepped forward to be checked out. Everybody to this date who has been tested um, has come back negative. Uh, so we do not have a confirmed case in the state of Florida. The situation gets complicated with the Super Bowl and tens of thousands of tourists now headed to South Florida. DeSantis says the virus is just one of the public safety concerns now being managed ahead of the big game. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. Lucky's Market, which had already announced it was closing all but one of its Florida stores, filed for bankruptcy yesterday. Publix announced it has agreed to buy five Lucky stores, including one in Orlando. Aldi's is also negotiating to purchase some undisclosed locations. The Kansas City Chiefs are in Miami, raring to go for Super Bowl 54. Players and coaches took part in Super Bowl opening night last night at Marlins Park. KC quarterback Patrick Mahomes said it's great to reach the Super Bowl after last season's heartbreaking loss to Bud's Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, when you're that close, I mean, you want to you make sure you get back to next year. And so I think all the guys on the team, we just took it one day at a time, went through the process, uh, maximized every single day that we had, and uh, found a way to get here. The Chiefs are playing in their first Super Bowl in 50 years, while the 49ers are in the big game for the first time since losing to Baltimore in 2013. Elsewhere. It turns out that the folks from Monty Python had some very good advice when they sang this song in the movie Life of Brian. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side of life. Nice things happen to see, you know? Yes, always look on the bright side of life. A number of recent studies show that happiness is good for your health. The studies linked greater optimism with a lower risk for heart disease and a longer life. The Mayo Clinic offers tips on how to see the bright side of things, including fostering gratitude and surrounding yourself with people who believe in you. Its advice also includes exercising, eating well, maintaining your body weight, and avoiding 
toxins. No doubt about the mind-body connection, Alan. By the way, love that song and that movie. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. It is. Planters is pumping the brakes on its Super Bowl ad campaign that shows the death and funeral of its mascot, Mr. Peanut. Why? Because of the death of NBA legend and future Hall of Famer Kobe Bryant. Planters says it was saddened by the news of the death of Bryant and eight others, including his 13-year-old daughter. The company says it is evaluating the next steps through the lens of sensitivity of those impacted by the tragedy. I hate to say it, but the human reality is that people are dying all the time, Alan. You know, I mean, life goes on. And how we, about that? And we, in, in situations like this, we need something to laugh about. I yeah, think but, you should play that song again. But, but they're suggesting that somehow it, it, there's, it's in bad taste or, or well, nobody will think it's funny with the demise of Mr. Peanut. I don't know. I there think was... they're, they're re-examining it. I'm not sure they've decided exactly what they're going to do about what do you, that What do you commercial. think they ought to do? Anything or what? I say I, they resurrect the peanut. I, I had a feeling that's what was going to happen anyway. Me that too. He, I can't believe yeah, Mr. Peanut like that. is really dead and gone. I mean, by Sunday, I think it should be fine. But another Super Bowl commercial will air during the big game for sure. Boston natives Chris Evans and John Krasinski join Saturday Night Live vet and Lexington, Massachusetts zone Rachel Dratch in a new commercial for the Hyundai Sonata's Smart Park feature, poking fun at their hometown Boston accents. Here's a clip. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked cow, is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty pants, all right? <laughs> Look who's got Smart Pack. Smart Pack? Just hit the clicker, car packs itself. It's smart. It's wicked smart. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? No word as to whether the Hyundai Sonata was ever parked in the Harvard Yard. I was wondering about that. No, but yeah. it was parked near the harbor and then unparked near the harbor. All you have to do is use the clicker. That's a smart park. I we, grew we, up with this, hearing all this, because my what? dad's from Boston, so he has a strong Boston accent. So. Okay, does it and sound the, authentic? I hide mine. <laughs> and the fox is just off the coast of Nantucket. Yeah, That's I where hide you mine, but yeah, uh, when do, I heard, give me the clicker, I was like, oh! Taken right back. Do they talk that way on the island of Nantucket? Pretty much. To, uh, uh, yes, yes, we do. We and, pack and our Martha's car. Vineyards is just like being in Boston. We don't go to the vineyard. We go to the mainland. Okay. All right. What is that like? You know, the mainland. We take a boat. It's a ferry. Okay. We All go right. across the water. You're in Nantucket. It's like being in Seminole County. It's like you just don't go to like you know Volusia or <laughs> it's, Orange or it's, anything. It's more like West Palm Beach. That's the last half hour. Sorry. Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com and listen to the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. So how are you going to vote in that proposed sales tax hike of one penny on the dollar in Orange County if it winds up on the ballot? What will your vote be and why will you vote that way? I think Mayor Jerry Demings might want to hear from you. 407-916-5400 if you want to sound off. And our and our um, our text line at 23680, standard message and data rate supply, first name in town, always welcome if you really want to go on the record big time. And what about this so-called John Bolton book bombshell in the middle of the Senate trial of President Trump? Thoughts on that? We'll talk in a moment, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando on 
News Radio WFLA Orlando. On the impeachment trial front, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is said to be angry at the White House over an explosive manuscript by ex-National Security Advisor John Bolton. The New York Times reported on Sunday that the upcoming book includes a charge by Bolton that Trump told him he wanted Ukrainian military aid withheld until that country helped in investigations to damage Democrats, the Bidens in particular. McConnell's spokesman said that uh, McConnell did not have any advance notice that the National Security Council reportedly had a copy of the manuscript for weeks. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, News Radio WFLA Orlando, and still on AM 540. We'll get into some important sound cuts from yesterday's proceedings in the Senate trial of President Trump, the Republicans um, were, were arguing uh, in, in his behalf, and they will do so again today and wrap up their time. And maybe today we'll begin what is a total of 16 hours of questions that the senators can give in writing to Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, who will read them aloud. Um, he is presiding, of course, over the impeachment as per provisions of the Constitution. I just don't see this, um, this John Bolton thing as a huge bombshell. Alan Dershowitz, and you'll hear him in the 8 o'clock hour on this, was speaking on the president's behalf and saying even if everything that Bolton reportedly, and this is secondhand through the New York Times, reportedly um, says it wouldn't be, it wouldn't make for an impeachable offense. There's no way this president is going to be convicted and removed. The big question now, though, is does this, does this gin up more votes for having witnesses and keeping the trial going, who knows, for weeks or months, I can tell you this, the GOP leadership says there will be a vote on witnesses this Friday, and um, they need 51 votes. That would be four Republicans along with the 47 Democrats who will definitely vote for witnesses here. And um, I think it's hanging in the balance. It looks like there may be Romney and Collins right now, maybe Murkowski, but who would the fourth person be? 50-50, the thing fails. 51 is what they need. I'm not necessarily opposed to to witnesses, because I just don't see John Bolton, who hates liberals. He's a rock-solid neocon conservative. He may have a problem with Trump, and, and they didn't part on good company, but I just have an idea that if he got up there as a witness, he, he would explain exactly what this is all about, that he disagreed with the president, but as commander-in-chief and as president of the United States, he's in charge of foreign policy, and he's got the right to do what he wants to do, and, uh, and, and holding up aid for a while... Uh, to get some kind of uh, investigation of corruption is the kind of thing that has happened time and time again with other countries, for God's sake. You know, I'm not, I don't fear having Bolton. I just don't think now at this point I want to see this thing go on any longer, Yaffe. I don't think it's good for the country. I know the Democrats want to get out of the campaign trail. They can't do that. And the, and the Republicans want to get on with it. The result here is inevitable. This president will be acquitted. I just want to say I completely agree with you on Bolton. I think if he did testify, the Democrats would be salivating, thinking, oh, this is going to win our case, and it would not because of everything you said. Hey, Jim, can you hang on the line from Windermere on Bolton and all of this? Uh, I'd love to get you on the uh, on the radio, on the phone, if you can do that, 407-916-5400, if you have something to say. And the text line is open at 23680 on the local sales tax hike for Orange County that's being pitched and on the impeachment situation 
Uh, a lot more on impeachment in the 8 o'clock hour. An update now on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here on a beautiful looking Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock as we update Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic again here on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour the Kobe Bryant crash investigation continues. More in one minute. And everything you need to know on the impeachment. Trial front, what happened yesterday, what is still to come next on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. The helicopter that crashed into a Southern California hillside, killing NBA superstar Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other people on Sunday did not have a black box, but there was an iPad. There isn't requirement to have a black box on this, so there was no CVR, no FDR. Jennifer Holmandy of the National Transportation Safety Board saying the chopper had no cockpit voice recorder or flight deck recorder. Arrests will be made if people try to reach the location of Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash. Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva says his deputies can now charge people with a misdemeanor. Initially, we had an issue with drones over the site, and we had, unfortunately, the paparazzi. Overnight, we had people trying to access the site on foot. The sheriff says deputies are patrolling the steep terrain on horseback and using all-terrain vehicles. NBA stars, past and present, continue grieving for Kobe Bryant. His former teammate Shaquille O'Neal spoke on his podcast about their time together. We still are the best duo ever created. That's not going to change. For me, this is going to hurt a long time. I really lost a brother. And in an emotional Instagram post, L.A. Lakers star LeBron James said he's heartbroken and devastated. He promised to continue Bryant's legacy. James recounted how he'd spoken to Kobe Sunday morning. He didn't think it would be for the last time. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A boy is accused of stabbing his younger sister in Ocala. Nine-year-old Treshawn Joseph was arrested yesterday for attempted first-degree murder. Police say Joseph stabbed the five-year-old girl several times at the Berkeley Point Apartments on Northeast 7th Street. There's no word on the girl's condition or a motive. Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings is talking with Orlando City Commissioners about his plan to raise the sales tax by a penny to pay for transportation upgrades. The former county sheriff, Demings says, his commute time has gotten longer. Back in my younger days when I had blue lights on my car, I could make it in, I could make it in 13 minutes. <laughs> Today is uh, maybe to, to 24 minutes, but some days it's 50 minutes. Demings is still soliciting input from the public. He'll detail his plans to the county commission in the spring. The proposed tax increase could be on the November ballot. Talked about it in our last hour here. Got lots of reaction. Strong upper-level winds at Cape Canaveral are to blame for yesterday's SpaceX postponement. Another attempt to launch a Falcon 9 rocket carrying 60 Starlink Internet satellites will be made tomorrow morning at 9.06. Bam Adebayo racked up a triple-double with 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists as the Heat hammered the magic. 113-92 113-92 in Miami last night. Orlando head coach Steve Clifford says a slow start did them in. You know, you come on the 
on the road against a really good team, and you need to be able to get off to a good start. And uh, our starters were, you know, got badly outplayed to start the game, and they got crushed to start the third quarter. And to me, that was the biggest factor. The Magic have dropped four in a row to fall to 21 and 27 on the season, but they are still seventh in the NBA's Eastern Conference. WFLA News Time 806. A video shows good Samaritans in New York City lifting an SUV off a woman trapped underneath it. Watch it online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us. Bud Hedinger, nice to be back. Took an extra day so I didn't have to worry about show prep on Sunday when my son, son son-in-law, and I went to the Pro Bowl at Camping World Stadium. The game was kind of lame, but uh, everything else that surrounded it was a whole lot of fun, including at halftime, the hit was this girls' tackle football team from Utah. Yeah. And they took the field. And they played, and they played their hearts out for about 10, 15 minutes, and the crowd went nuts. They were cheering for them louder than they were for the NFL players who were just kind of phoning it in, you know, not wanting anybody to get hurt. Yeah, basically, uh, the Pro Bowl <laughs> has turned into touch football at this point. And I, uh, yeah. I was telling you earlier, Bud, off the air, that I thought, I think the Pro Bowl is now the worst of the major sports all-star games. I think it really is. Still was fun to experience it right here in Orlando. You keep it right here on WFLA for the Yaffe experience on the ride home. Yeah, you're going to be talking more on impeachment in just a moment, but there's going to be some developing stuff today in the impeachment trial, and we will cover that tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. on BM Orlando. In a moment, we'll preview that. We'll tell you what happened at the trial yesterday. How big a deal is this quote-unquote by the Democrats um, this Bolton bombshell, what about witnesses? I can tell you this, there's going to be a vote later this week on whether to call them or not. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to hear from some of the key players from yesterday. Right now, over to Alan again. And once again, we want to put a grand in your hand. Our texting contest resumes in moments as we announce the latest keyword of the hour. All you have to do is text that keyword to 200-200. You could be the winner of $1,000. Watch for a call from area code 513. That could be us telling you that you've won. And listen every hour, all day long, for the keyword and your chance to win $1,000 as we put a grand in your hand. 809 on Good Morning Orlando. We'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. Technical gremlins afoot. Um, Forgive the pause. Here's the headline. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is said to be angry at the White House over an explosive manuscript by ex National Security Advisor John Bolton. This according to the New York Times that reported on Sunday that the upcoming book by Bolton includes a charge by Bolton that Trump uh, told him that he wanted Ukrainian military aid withheld until that country helped in investigations to damage Democrats like Joe and Hunter Biden. Updates at least every 10 minutes on the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. And good morning to you on the impeachment front, that news in the New York Times. And again, this is second-hand information. We have not seen the manuscript of Bolton's new book that is due out in March. Odd timing, though, that all of this comes out just as Amazon.com is taking advance orders for the Bolton book. Uh, A lot of folks unhappy with Bolton. I can't believe he's actually going to 
throw Trump under the bus if he testifies. More on that in a moment. But here, in the wake of the New York Times report, the Trump haters on MSNBC and CNN. Bombshell revelations from former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Explosive new details. Bolton bombshell has just absolutely shaken Washington. A seismic shock. Hit Capitol Hill like a thunderbolt. Republican senators reportedly are feeling blindsided by this. Could change the course of President Trump's impeachment trial. I think this is a game changer. I don't think it is a game changer. I don't think it changes the course of the trial. This president is going to be acquitted. There is no doubt about that. It might bring into play a greater likelihood that witnesses will be called. The Republicans will hold a vote on that. They are reporting this Friday. It's very close. They need 51 votes to get witnesses called. But, hey, if they get Bolton, Republicans are going to want Hunter and Joe Biden, the whistleblower, and it'll just keep on rolling. I don't think either side wants this thing to go on much longer. The Democrats want their people out on the campaign trail. The three senators running for president are trapped in Washington at the Senate trial. The Republicans want to acquit and really exonerate the president and get him on the way to campaigning successfully for the second term I think he richly deserves. On the issue of whether or not this Bolton thing is a bombshell, I didn't think so. And I guess what? I listened in prime time to Democrat attorney, constitutional lawyer Alan Dershowitz. Here he is at the trial making the case against impeachment, conviction, and removal of President Trump and talking about this quote-unquote Bolton bombshell. If a president, any president, were to have done what the Times reported about the contact of the Bolton manuscript, that would not constitute an impeachable offense. Let me repeat, nothing in the Bolton revelations, even if true, would rise to the level of an abuse of power or an impeachable offense. Let me hear, um, let's bring on Fred Flights right now. He was on with Laura Ingram on Fox at 10 o'clock last night. You may have missed it. Um, He is Bolton's longtime friend, but he was also his chief of staff when uh, Bolton was Trump's national security advisor. Here's what he says. He thinks Bolton should postpone publication of his new book. We want the president to consult the best possible advisors and know that whatever he discusses with them isn't going to appear in the press or in books. So the best thing here would be Ambassador Bolton to pull this book until Mr. Trump leaves office or at least until after the election in November. Now, does Flights think that Bolton perhaps leaked this stuff to the New York Times? I take Ambassador Bolton and his team at their word that they didn't leak it. But, look, sending something so sensitive to the White House during an impeachment hearing and all the bureaucrats it would review, and I'm afraid it was an invitation for a leak. There's a report now that there were many paper copies made in the National Security Council. If that's true, heads should roll on the NSC. Yeah, Laura Ingram is laughing at that because we all know that the National Security Council leaks like a sieve. Finally, on the sound cuts, Pam Bondi, our former Florida Attorney General, I thought she was terrific yesterday on behalf of the president, and now a member of Trump's defense team at the Senate trial, and she made it very clear that if the Democrats are going after testimony from John Bolton, the Republicans want Hunter Biden on the witness stand, maybe Joe Biden as well, and she explains why. Here's what happened very shortly after Vice President Biden was made U.S. point man for Ukraine. 
His son, Hunter Biden, ends up on the board of Burisma, working for and paid by the oligarch Zolchevsky. Every witness who was asked about Hunter Biden's involvement with Burisma agreed there was a potential appearance of a conflict of interest. ABC, Good Morning America, The Washington Post, The New York Times, Ukrainian law enforcement, and the Obama State Department itself. They all thought there was cause to raise the issue about the Bidens and Burisma. Pam Bondi and Democrats, be careful what you vote for. If you want those witnesses, maybe you get Bolton after a fight in court. But the Republicans are going after the Biden boys, and that will not end well for you. On the impeachment trial front, what do you think of Bolton and this book? Is that a bombshell? Are you mad at the formal, former national security advisor for Trump as he's selling his old boss down the river? I can't imagine he would fully do that. He hates Democrats more than he, any problem he's ever had with Donald Trump. What about all of this? And what about the issue of witnesses? Do you want them or not? 407-916-5400. Text us with first name in town, if you'd like, to 23680. And we'll get to it and talk with our gang about all of this in a moment as well on the 50,000-watt front porch after we break for news, weather, and traffic all coming your way within two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. This headline right off the Trump train. President Trump visits New Jersey, deep blue New Jersey, this evening for a rally. Some attendees have been camping out there since Sunday for the 7 p.m. rally tonight at the Wildwoods Convention Center in Wildwood, New Jersey, right on the coast. Capacity 7,000. Looks like it's going to be another overflow for the president. This is being held in Representative Van Drew's district. He is the uh, Trump supporter who converted in the House from being a Democrat to a Republican should be a great night. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Good morning, Orlando. Let's go right to the phones right now on the impeachment trial front. Edward, you're in Orlando. On with the Bud Man, Alan Yaffe, and the Fox. What do you think? I think it's a shame what's going on. I think Trump probably did do what they say he's doing. And I think uh, both Bolton and Romney are kind of jerk Republicans. A lot of Republicans didn't like him from the get-go. But I think if it goes to witnesses, I think Dershowitz is going to be the one to save Trump's butt with his testimony against uh, whatever comes up as being unconstitutional. Yeah, I thought he was really, really strong last night. And, of course, Attorney um, Dershowitz is a longtime Democrat. And it was really um, pretty compelling. We played a sound cut before. Um, and uh, I don't know. On the witness front, what happens on Friday? Republicans say there's going to be a vote. It's going to be very close as to whether or not with 47 Democrats they can get four Republicans like Romney and Collins and Murkowski and maybe somebody else to go to 51. Then they get witnesses. Then they can go after Bolton. But, you know... Um, he'll have to be subpoenaed, and uh, who knows? It could wind up as a court fight. It'll be interesting to see if anything more comes out about the Bolton book and what he had to say, which may further convince some Republicans, including Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and the others, uh, to move over to the side of subpoenaing witnesses. Have yet to hear anyone on the Republican side even suggest remotely 
that they will vote for the conviction and removal of this president. The Republicans are rock solid, and I think they will be. I think it will be a strict party-line vote, a partisan impeachment trial, which the Founding Fathers warned of and which Nancy Pelosi initially said, well, it needs to be bipartisan. Well, it's not. It wasn't, and it's not going to be. You know, I think you said it best earlier when you're talking about witnesses. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone really knows at this point. Well, it's a razor-thin margin. There's no really, doubt about that. It really is. In, I'm still not sure. You know, you were talking about how partisan this whole uh, procedure is, and I keep thinking back to the senators uh, swearing an oath to be impartial and how many of them really meant it when they took that oath. Yeah, none of them were that yeah. divided. I think so. On either side, none of them. You know, why? but why go through the, the motions of an oath when you're not going to adhere to it? Well, there you go. It's an interesting question. But, of course, the you know, the Democrats in the House set this whole thing in motion. And once, because they had the votes, they voted to impeach. Constitution demands a trial. And here we are. But I do not think, Alan, there is a single vote up for grabs when it comes to voting to convict or acquittal on either side. Witnesses, it's different. But to actually vote to either acquit or or well, convict the president, I don't think there's a single vote up for grabs. Maybe Joe Manchin, but that would be in Well, Trump's that's favor. true, out of West Virginia. He big has time been Trump kind country. of waffling a little hey, bit yeah. on this. All right. I, but, but certainly not enough to make yeah, a difference either exactly. way in you how, know, the, how the, it's going to go down. The thing is, if we'd taken the vote six months ago, before all this started, it'd probably be the same as it's going to be when it eventually comes to a vote in the Senate. This is not what the Founding Fathers put the impeachment provision in there for. You know, for some president who is a, it was a huge intolerable risk to national security, doesn't have the country's best interest. It's not just a policy disagreement that can set impeachment in motion, at least not the way the framers of the Constitution envisioned it. Anything on the text line we need to bring into play right now, Melissa? You know, there's a few things going um, on here. Trump should resign. Pence 2020. Bolton would surely be happier to have a true Republican in office. Gene checking in from Avalon. One about uh, John Bolton, all about the book sales. And there's another one. Romney's a sore loser. He should stand up for the president. After all, even if Bolton is right, it's not impeachable. Dems are liars. Not one Republican should vote for impeachments. There's an awful lot going on in the news. The aftermath of the crash that killed Kobe Bryant and eight eight others. Of course, all the goings-on with the impeachment trial. But then there is the coronavirus in China. And this is a big story getting bigger. The death toll from the coronavirus in China has now passed 100, bud. Thousands of others have been infected. The virus has not appeared here in Florida and local health experts are trying to stay ahead of a possible outbreak. More from Rory O'Neill in our newsroom. Add the coronavirus to all the public safety concerns the state is coping with as it welcomes the world to watch the Super Bowl in South Florida this weekend. We obviously um, view as um, a significant public health threat. Now, fortunately, we don't have any confirmed cases in Florida, but we want to be proactive on that. Governor Ron DeSantis says there are no cases of the virus in Florida and residents who recently visited China have been tested locally and are virus free. The state is working with the CDC to try to stay a step ahead of any potential outbreak. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
The Senate impeachment trial will continue this afternoon. Yesterday, Trump lawyer and former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi said the president had every reason to be concerned about the Bidens, Burisma, and corruption in Ukraine. The appointment of the vice president's son to a Ukrainian oil board looks nepotistic at best, nefarious at worst. Bondi said Burisma had a long history of corruption. Joe Biden's son Hunter was a member of Burisma's board of directors. Bondi said there was an appearance of conflict of interest considering the senior Biden's position as vice president of the United States. A Sandy Hook conspiracy theorist is under arrest in Lake County. Wolfgang Halbig allegedly posted online the social security number of Leonard Posner, whose son died in the 2012 mass shooting at the Connecticut Elementary School. Halbig claims that shooting was a hoax perpetrated by the government to restrict gun rights. Florida gas prices are at their lowest level so far this year. AAA reports the statewide average dropped eight cents over the past week to 2.43 a gallon and should slip even lower in the coming days. The average, according to AAA in Metro Orlando, is 2.36 a gallon, down 11 cents from a week ago. But GasBud tells us you can find even cheaper gas. I saw 2.19, 2.25, and 2.29 driving in this morning, and I didn't have to look hard. So. Uh... You know, shop around. The San Francisco 49ers are feeling confident as they gear up for Super Bowl 54. Players and coaches took part in Super Bowl opening night at Marlins Park last night. Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo says bringing home a long-awaited sixth Super Bowl title to San Francisco would be amazing. You know, to get six of them as a franchise is just incredible. So anything we could do to help the organization and, you know, just move forward, uh, you know, I'm proud of this team and everything we've accomplished so far. San Francisco last won the Super Bowl when they beat the Chargers in 1995, also in Miami. The Kansas City Chiefs' last championship came 50 years ago when they defeated the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl IV. Elsewhere... The Red Rocker is hitting the road. Yeah, Sammy Hagar still can't drive 55, but he and his supergroup The Circle will be touring this summer, along with 80s hitmakers Whitesnake and Night Ranger. The former Van Halen frontman's website lists 30 dates, starting with two in Florida. July 9th at West Palm Beach, and July 11th at the Mid-Florida Credit Union Amphitheater in Tampa. Oh, we got aced out again in Orlando. What's the deal with that? You never know. Now, Sammy has said he's going to add some dates, so maybe Orlando could sneak in there. Tickets go on sale to the general public this Friday. A state lawmaker hopes to make Vermont the first state to add emojis to its license plates. Representative Rebecca White has proposed a bill allowing the digital characters on vanity plates. The bill would permit emojis in addition to registration numbers and would not replace any letters or numbers selected by the owner or given by the Motor Vehicles Department. There are no guidelines currently for which emojis would be offered. Such important legislation to spend time on. I like the chocolate ice cream one. That's not chocolate ice cream. Yeah, the the one uh, that's like the one that was at Lake Eola over yeah, the weekend. Yeah, that big chocolate ice cream the big, swirl. Yeah, the big chocolate ice cream swirl. It's it's not as it has a different name. Yeah. Do we want emojis on Florida license plates? Guys? No, we have enough different Florida license plates as it is. Whatever, okay. doesn't bother me either no, way. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> and finally, an Alaska man has a close encounter with a bull moose. 
and was all caught on video. The tape shows Curtis Phelps taking a bag from his home in Anchorage to a shed in his backyard. While Phelps is inside the shed, the moose starts to approach. It wasn't until he came out that Phelps saw the massive animal walking toward him. Phelps took a quick glance at the bull moose, turned around and barricaded himself inside the shed. He did not come out until he called his wife to see if the coast was clear. Yeah, it's a funny story, isn't it? <laughs> Honey? <laughs> he called her three times. The daughter ignored the phone call. She ignored the phone call. <laughs> Half an hour, 45 minutes later, he's like, finally! It sounds to me like they were rooting for the moose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he'll be okay. <laughs> Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com and listen to the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. <laughs> With Al Inspector. Yeah, let him cool his heels in a shed. Give us yeah. some peace and quiet in here. Honey, is the bull moose out there? Is he, <laughs> is he gone yet? <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Elsewhere, you got to love it, and we do, and I know you do as well. I know you love the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex, the, the Shuttle Atlantis. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It is an incredible attraction, and it's not fantasy land. It's the real deal. Would you like to win free tickets? We've got them as our sound judgment prize this morning. Enough said on that score. Get on the phone right now. If you haven't won in a month, you're eligible to play and win. A good, easy sound judgment question here for my return for a long weekend. Get on the phone at 407-916-5400. KSC Visitors Complex tickets on us. If you're our sound judgment winner, 407-916-5400. And the toll free is 866-916-5400. The game is coming right up after this. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, which happens very quickly within two minutes here on the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. As we get ready to play our sound judgment game, um, not exactly fun and games for the Orlando Magic on the road in Miami last night. They got whipped 113-92. to They're now 21-27. and They've lost four straight. The Magic are off until Saturday when they host the Heat in Orlando. Updates at least every 10 minutes on the top stories for you on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. News Radio WFLA Orlando. And still on AM 540. All right, let's play Sound Judgment. All the contestants are in place, and let's talk about that fabulous prize. It Melissa. is so cool. You know, I've never been here, so I am jelly right now. It's a pair of tickets to Kennedy Space Center, the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex, the only destination in the universe where you can touch a moon rock, stand nose to nose with the real space shuttle Atlantis. You can even meet a NASA astronaut and glimpse the future of space exploration because you are going to win a pair of tickets to go to Kennedy and that is is going to be if you get the question right here. It's time for sound judgment. Well, I got the question right. They got to get the answer right. And if you're well, trying to get in right now, a wrong answer will open up uh, an opportunity in an open line at 407-916-5400. Made this pretty easy for you, I think, today. Birthday wishes for actor Alan Alda, who, among other things, played Hawkeye on the old long-running MASH TV show. So listen to a little sound of Alda in that role, topped off by a little of the MASH theme song. Then use your sound judgment to tell me this. How many candles are going to be on Alan Alda's birthday cake today? Don't you understand? Fire draws fire. 
You shoot that thing, and the next day we'll have real planes, MiGs down here, throwing bombs at our wounded. Maybe you haven't noticed in the operating room, but we do have wounded. Toll free, I'll give you the first shot. How old is Alan Alda today? 84. Game over. Yaffe, the crowd is going wild. Congratulations, you're going to the KSC Visitors Center. You been out there recently? Never been. You're going to love this. What's your first name? I know. I'll, I'll write you a note. What's your name? This is Witt from Mormon Beach. Okay, Witt, you haven't won in a while. You're one of our faithful players and listeners, but it's been a while, right? Long time. <laughs> yeah. Long enough for me to ask you one more time how to correctly spell that first name. W-H-I-T. Still the same. Hasn't changed, has it? Witt. 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 Got it. You are going to the KSC Space Center. Have fun with somebody of your choosing. Do you know who's going along with you, Witt? Uh, better be my wife because she's sitting right across from me right now. Yeah, that was the answer. That was the correct answer. You're two for two. <laughs> Congratulations, Witt. Thanks for listening, and uh, way to go winning our prize. It's a good one. Enjoy, okay? Thank you. All right. You're on hold with the Fox. We'll get things worked out. Witt and his wife will be going to KSC. Yes, indeed, they will. It'll be great. Hey, um... Headlining what will be another busy day and night for President Trump. The president heads for deep blue New Jersey this evening, and he'll hold a big rally at the Wildwood Convention Center, capacity 7,000. Looks like a spillover crowd in the making. Some attendees are still camping out, and they have been since Sunday for the event that doesn't start tonight in the cold of New Jersey until 7 p.m. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio WFLA Orlando, this is Good Morning. Morning Orlando with Bud Henniger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. And let's bring in our good friend and our News Radio WFLA Orlando National Correspondent Bill Zimfer on the big unveiling today of the long-awaited Trump Middle East peace plan. Bill, welcome aboard. Tell us what we need to know. Well, Bud, uh, let me start by saying, explaining why this has been such a difficult puzzle for any uh, administration or any world leader to figure out and put together. It's because not only do you have political issues going on there, you have legal issues involving the Israeli settlements in the West Bank. You have religious issues involving not only Muslims, but the Jewish community and Christians in that region. You have regional issues and you have historic issues going on as well. So it's been a very difficult puzzle to solve, but President Trump is going to give it a shot, unveiling his Mideast peace plan today. And there's been a lot of information and, frankly, misinformation coming out about what this might include. But we believe that it is going to include redrawing of the Israeli boundary there to include some of the Israeli settlements in the West Bank. This has been a non-starter for the Palestinians. In right. fact, they haven't even spoken to the United States about anything involving this ever since we moved our embassy to Jerusalem, which was, again, uh, something that they took offense to. So the Palestinians haven't been involved in this. But President Trump says, yeah, they may not like it out of the gate, but they will ultimately come around and get on board with it. So the details are going to be very interesting to see today, but the general feeling is this will be the most pro-Israel type of proposal that we have ever heard. 
Well, he certainly is the most boldly pro-Israel president yeah. we have seen in so many ways. Um, it's interesting. I am reading that the Palestinian leaders are immediately calling on world powers to boycott the initiative, even though they don't really know what is in it. They don't like it because it's got Trump's name on it. And, of course, it will have Netanyahu's name on it. Am I correct that Netanyahu, who's in some real political hot water uh, back home, is going to be side by side with the president at the White House today at noon for the unveiling of the plan? Yes, he is. And uh, that leads to another question, Bud, as to the timing of this release. Uh, And maybe there is some legitimacy to those questions. This is a time when President Trump is in the midst of an impeachment trial and facing re-election in the fall. And you have Benjamin Netanyahu, who will be indicted later this week. He has given up his immunity request, and he will be indicted later this week. And he faces an election in a little more than a month. Is it an attempt to give both of these beleaguered world leaders a boost Uh, That question is out there as well. We'll be watching it and get a further sense of it at noon today at the White House, according to uh, President Trump, the big unveiling there. And News Radio WFLA Orlando National Correspondent Bill Zimfer. Thanks for the preview, my friend. We'll catch you next time around. You got it. Thanks, bud. Yep. It's certainly worth a shot. Be interesting to see whether or not ultimately the president can get this done. His son-in-law, Jared Kushner, uh, who is Jewish, um, has been his point man on this ever since he came into office. It's certainly a worthy goal. And uh, as Bill Zimfer pointed out, though, there are so many elements oh. to what happens in the Middle East. Uh, it's, it seems like an almost impossible task. Yeah, which is why President Trump, who's the master of the art of the deal, you know, wrote the book on it, says this is the toughest deal of all. And I think he welcomes the challenge. We'll see what happens when it all goes down. And over time, we will watch reaction unfold. For the drive home, keep it here on WFLA. For Yaffe and the gang... Yeah, Orlando, 5 to 6 p.m. Join me then. You'll love it. For Alan, Yaffe, and Melissa, the Budman. Thanks, God bless you, and God bless America.